you're not a victim. You're doing it. And when you're ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. Hello and welcome to the Humble You Podcast, where we talk all things mind, body, and life. And this podcast features a conversation with Ascension Coach, Energy Healer, and Kundalini Teacher, Zoe Mack. She is here from across the world in Australia to share her story of understanding the truth about energy. She writes, are you ready to shift into your limitless power? Zoe, I'm so excited to get this conversation started. We have a lot of important information to get to. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely, I don't know, your voice is mesmerizing. <laughs> your voice is energy in itself. And I, and I did want to just kind of say, do you know that you are a sound healer with your voice? Because Ooh. it's just... Yeah, I think it's very powerful. I didn't know that. Maybe I should work on something. <laughs> then you should work on something. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And and I love all the amazing stuff I've seen on your Instagram um, and, and some of the stuff we've talked about in the pre-podcast. We're going to talk a lot about light. We're going to talk even light language. We're going to talk uh, possibly even um, ashwagandha. Who knows where we're going to go? Um, <laughs> it could be <laughs> it could be interesting. But um, before we get into the juicy details and, and all this amazing stuff that you've come to um what was your childhood like you know what were your early years like to catch us up um it's kind of very interesting because uh, one i don't have very many memories um so it's i don't you know it's just kind of like if you ask me to go back first 10 years pretty vague but i kind of you know doubt this you know you have to have some kind of trauma i think to be able to grow and so for me it was my father leaving when i was five and then moving to south africa when i was seven and then my brother going with him when i was eight um, so I kind of like had a period where I had a sibling and then I had a period where I was an only child for about six years. And then I have a half brother that came into the scene when I was about 14. But I think on the whole, um, it was pretty serious at times as a kid. Mm. <laughs> I, sort of, I, I worked out you know, a couple of years ago that I've actually probably been coaching my mother since I was like born, you know, like I co the coach where I kind of came in like sliding in with a coach as my kind of like as my MO. So it's kind of interesting when you kind of get to that point, you're like, oh, I've been doing this forever. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. So have you have about like thoughts about, you know, light or energy or spirituality, anything in those younger years that came up for you or or no, no. no. Um, I think I was pretty closed down. And I think I, I can always identify there's lots of us out there where I just didn't feel like I belonged. I remember mm -hmm. that I first I thought I didn't belong in my hometown, but then I kind of, you know, explored with university, explored other parts of England. And then I then worked out that it wasn't it was the whole country. And then, of course, you go on, you know, go on your travels and you kind of work out there's a few places that maybe on the whole you don't feel like you fit in because there's something different about you. You just you know, can't really articulate or don't remember or you've blanked out all your past lives to know what the hell that was. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so through childhood, how was schooling? You know, did you fit in? Were you into sports? Any subjects that you were interested? Definitely not sports. <laughs> <laughs> Like somehow that's just not my not my real house. Um, no, just kind of um, academic, you know, kind of you know, well at school um, and went on to university. And not so many people in my um, in my secondary school were able to do that. Um, it was pretty low income, um, but yeah, kind of uh, more of a sort of friends, all kind of like a bit ridiculously silly, and then also studied. 
you know, going through through your story so far, you know, um, it, it seems it seems like there's not much energy spirituality going on. So I'm wondering, you know, what's what's the story to come into that world, and and we'll, then we'll start to dive into that world. Yeah, I think you know, there's kind of a there was like kind of a two part transition around 2011. I started kind of understanding that I could shape my reality better if I worked on my language. So I kind of became a bit of a sort of a discipline and observer of what language I was using and then used that to start manifesting, even though I didn't really know that's what I was doing. You know, I remember um, deciding that I really wanted to win this uh, prize on a radio station. And it was, you know, a trip for two to, I was in New Zealand at the time, a trip to two for Australia to go to a music festival, $1,000 um, spending money, hotel, flights. It was a great prize. And I was like, I'm going to win that. And I just went around and I told everyone I was going to win it. I spoke as if I was winging it. And of course, then I won it, you know, I, I got the prize. And then I was kind of like, whoa, this is real. Mm. And that's kind of like the first part that it started. And then, um kind of like working through that and kind of always I'm possibly a little bit annoying sometimes with people around language, you know, where people will be like, I need to do this. And I'll be like, you want to do it. <laughs> um, but, you know, kind of working with that. And then it just kind of morphed into um, the coaching. But I had um, about 2000, I think it was 2016. I got, I was living in Santa Monica and on paper, everything looked really great. You know, oceanfront apartment in Santa Monica, good you know, good salary, good job title, American visa. So on paper, great. But I just kind of kept getting sicker and sicker around my gut health. And I got diagnosed with leaky gut syndrome. And it, there was this, this flip of around to go do ayahuasca mm. and to go through to do it, to go into the Amazon. It was very, it was very much a strong pull, which is the only time I really recommend that anyone does do it if they really feel like got to go do this mm -hmm. um and so from there very interesting i didn't know i had uh, is it anaphasia where you don't get image you don't get visions so my ayahuasca experience was quite different from everybody else's because i didn't see anything i didn't you know everyone else is like hey and then i was in the jungle with my granddad and a clown and a jaguar and then i was kind of like um oh, okay the next day i'd kind of kind of get revelations but i wasn't kind of getting any real you know any kind of like going on any crazy trips mm. um, but I did really get a sense from that that I felt how trapped I was feeling even mm. with all that looking great on paper and this kind of you know, career path that I was on that I felt really trapped and then I was just coming I just got back to the US and I was on a short half day trip to Denver and the guy next to me on the plane starts we start chatting I'm really chatty on planes um, and um, and he was interested in ayahuasca and I was we were to end up talking he'd just come from a Tony Robbins retreat in um in Fiji and by the end of the flight this young kid who's like maybe late 20s was like I'm gonna get you a ticket like a thousand dollar ticket and he gifted me a ticket to this to that and then so at that event I also had exactly the same stuff come up again all this stuff around how trapped I was feeling and how freedom is my core and so then I started kind of being like, hmm, and it just kind of, it took a few months to really kind of get the guts to kind of quit everything and mm. just change my life completely. But I got signs along the way, like strange messages would come in, you know, really beyond coincidences, you know, just a lot of alignment. And then so I, I did it. Um, and then in 2017, that's when I um, quit my job had to give up the visa give up the nice apartment and i and i became nomadic and so mm. i haven't been dressed for three and a half years 
Wow. Wow. That's an interesting story. And the one-two punch, you know, you could see it. Um, you know, you get that first initial taste that came to you. It seems it came to you kind of naturally or unconsciously in a sense. And you started making those connections. No one said like, hey, go read The Secret. And then uh, that kind of came out. It kind of came through you, which makes it even more powerful. And that's what happened in my story. It's like a lot of it came through me. So it just gives it that at least for for you as a subject, it gives you that authenticity that it's real and it's something and and it, and it's not somebody just handing it to you. It's like when you work hard for something instead of a gift, you know, it's just it has a little bit more value to it. Yeah, and I think you know once you're getting those messages, then you start kind of gathering the proof, and that's such a big part of I think of any journey is really is like you know you're not necessarily going to immediately trust everything that's coming through you, or you know particularly when you start getting into some kind of crazy gifts that come through mm. you're not necessarily going to breathe believe it so you kind of have to start kind of just being okay and open to and observing the the proof that's coming in and the trust that you then build from that which i think is very important yeah and a big thing is being open and that's what that second experience seems like it did it opened you up because you know you're working hard you got busy doing your thing with the the traveling and and you know a lot of people sometimes you get so attached to the earth that it's tough to see you know the spiritual realm and mm. you you're just driving and moving and grooving. It is until something kind of shakes it up. And, and for you, it was that, that, um, that illness that kind of shook things up. It got you to, to look, you know, and it got you to a place where your mind opened up a little bit more and you started seeing, you know, oh, you know, there's a whole new world. And, and just that practice, like you said, it takes time to be able to build that because you've been so, you've been denying it for years. You have a whole different programming. Um, it had to be readjusted, um, reprogrammed in a sense, and you had to keep that that connection, you know, flowing and open um, through that process. How was that like? Was it a quickening? Uh, was did it feel like your energies were changing fast or was it a slow process of trying to get rid of a lot of gunk that, that you kind of built over the years? Yeah, I'd say, you know, I think people are kind of lucky if they're waking up around now, you know, because they are going to have the quickening rather than this sort of slow trudge that some of us have had to go through. And that's fine because, you know, that's how we then become kind of lights, lights, light showers for them as well. We can mm. support that way. But I think for me, it was a little bit slower because I think there was so much resistance um, in just in general, because people kind of over those, once I started kind of getting on the road, I found I took a little bit of time, but I started kind of intuitively deciding where I was going rather than kind of like, I want to tick this off my list or whatever. And I kind of ended up in weird places. And each time I felt like I was kind of like getting a gold coin and putting it in my like backpack of spirituality and kind of like filling it up like a cartoon character, you know, kind of like a video game. I was kind of like going when I'm like this person in Chester, this person in, you know, Iceland, this energy in this spot you know, and it was kind of going around and kind of building it up. And then on the way, I kind of, I, I sort of treated myself a bit like a guinea pig. And so I would do yoni cleansing in Thailand and weird and wonderful colonic experiences in other places and Cambo in Peru and try all these things to just to, you know, to peel away those layers to really sort of see what was left. Um, and it was kind of an interesting process and a lot of, uh, there's a book in there somewhere because it was some weird and wonderful things that I've tried. Mm. Um, but actually it was, uh, coming back into myself and not being distracted by any of those things. Thanks COVID, um, that really kind of got me to, to really kind of where I'm at right now, mm -hmm. uh, nine months, you know, so of that inner work and then just being like, 
I'm allowing this to come through. I'm allowing the light language to come through. I'm allowing my gifts to show up. I'm trusting that I'm pointing in the right direction now. Instead of trying to kind of go outside myself to find answers, I then worked out they they were all inside. And you know that is something we have in Kundalini. We say Satnam, which is that the truth is you know the truth is within you. Mm. The truth you are your own truth, divine seer. You know, and so it's just kind of like. Following that path is really helpful, I think, for fast tracking whatever you're going through. Yeah, and it's and it's the truth, and and not only your truths, but a lot of truths that already been written are within you. I think because when sometimes I read books and I I come to conclusions on my own or through my journey, and then I read it in the book, and they're saying the same thing. And it's you know I'm sure if we talked a lot, we would have similar experiences too. I've heard it with the the signs when you left your job. I left my job on TV, and I was getting signs that kind of lead me slowly. I went from from Christianity to psychology to coaching, and you know now I'm more in this like analytical spiritual coaching realm. I don't even know what to call it, but it's interesting to see the the process, you know, and how if you stay on the path, it, it, it kind of starts to narrow a little bit and you start to see, you know, your true way. And it's really beautiful um, to do that unfolding and do that work yourself. It's a, it's really a powerful experience. So through that work, you know, especially early on, I've had a moment where, where I had, uh, got a little shock, we'll call it. And I went back and I felt like I was losing the spirit and I was, I was a little nervous and I was getting a little, I was like, oh no, I had to get back to my practice. And I did. And I'm, I'm glad I did because it felt like the spirit was slipping away. Um, and a lot of people, you know, when they go through that journey, especially early on, it's easy to want to give up. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have any of those moments in, in your awakening? Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't think anyone gets to not have those moments. I think there's a point in everybody's awakening. We're like, oh, I just want to go back to where it was and not mm. have this consciousness. But you, you unfortunately don't get that choice unless mm. you want to really numb out, you know, with alcohol or drugs or whatever. You know, it's very mm. hard to go back. So once you kind of like open the box, you are on your path and you're really now kind of like going to owe it to yourself to follow what you can and and know and understand that within that path that you're going to face your shadows just as much as you're going to face the light and the energy and that kind of uh, knowing that process of going through the shadow work not denying it I think is where there's some real magic in there understanding that we are duality that we have both within us there's not something wrong with you if you have some darker moments it's just something for you to process and to work through and accept about yourself so that you can then kind of like merge it into yourself and kind of and work with it rather than trying to resist and deny. And I think that's why so many of us ended up so numb so long is kind of like we've got this stuff, but it's so much better if we, you know, have a massive bag of M&Ms, you know, instead of really facing what it is or we reach for the, you know, whatever it is, whatever your vice is, or you keep scrolling instead of like journaling, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. We look for something else and we get stuck on it. And then that's where addictions are built, whether it's shopping, whether it's eating, whatever it is, you know, that's where the addictions get built. And, and we talked about it early on, you know, and uh, the, before we started recording the podcast about kind of healing yourself. And we'll talk about that probably a little bit later um, about being able to kind of heal yourself from these addictions uh, through some of these methods that you, that you provide. But um, I really like what you said about the duality of life. Uh, that's a, that's a huge revelation um, for most people that go on this journey and and realize that life has two ends, you know, and so does energy. Energy is positive and negative. And that's the only way it vibrates is, is that balance in between both. Um, And what you said to me in the pre-podcast was embrace the light and darkness, give it the space. I thought that was a beautiful way to put it and, 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 and kind of show people a way that to embrace it is to, to allow it that space to kind of sit with it is that we were trying to explain in that, in that little moment. 
Yeah, it's it's really, I mean, that's why as a coach, some of the work that we do is is shining the light on the unconscious or the blind spots that you have within yourself, you know, because I think so many of our programs and patterns aren't even ours, you know, and we don't really get to a point to question them until someone really helps us kind of drudge them up or you get, you know, some external signs that help point you in the direction and think, oh, is this even mine? You know, is this my belief? Is this something I really want to, you know, this, the way that I've been running, is this how I want it to be? And I, so I think it's really around, um, getting someone to help you with the blind spot, getting someone to help you show the subconscious parts of you that are so buried, so deep that it's very hard to even know that they exist, but we all have them. You know, we've just, there's just a whole bunch of clutter that we get, you know, in the first few years of our life. And then we spend the rest of the time, once we start waking up, we spend the rest of the time kind of peeling it back and shedding. Uh, but a part of that only comes with acceptance, mm. you know, only really comes with um, kind of the acceptance that I have it being open to receive the, you know, the, the, the support and the help that you need to work through it. And then the surrender to the universe to say like, okay, this is, this is mine, but it's not my problem that I have to deal with all by myself. You know, the universe will help and the universe will put people in your path that will help as well. Mm. It's powerful setting the attention, setting it out in the universe, and then trusting the process. Um, you know, with that acceptance that you're taking, you got to trust too. Um, and 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 it's difficult. You know, it's so difficult. A lot of this work is invisible. Um, so energy through this process. You know, you're connecting. You're seeing these truths. What's your what's your feelings on energy? How did you come to it? Um, was it again something that just arose out of your journey, or did you read about it and made connections through? Some some of, of the things that were happening around you? No, it definitely just comes, to, it came to me. I, I'm not very good on kind of like, I love reading, but I read fiction as my go-to. It's like, yeah. and so any nonfiction is just has to be kind of like delivered to my body, I think, <laughs> you know. And um, for me, I was in Thailand a couple of years ago. I was at a retreat center in Thailand and I went there to write about it as a travel writer. And I was there for a week and I just got a sense that, well, I knew I didn't want to go, but I got a sense I was supposed to stay longer. So I just was kind of saw the boss on the last day and was like, um, would you like to do a trade for any writing work? And they were like, yes, actually, we need a writer. And so I stayed up five months there and they had a lot of really cool practitioners. It was called, it's called Phuket Glens. And they had like, you know, the schedule ran from like 5.30 in the morning till nine at night. There was something for everybody, but the really beneficial stuff for me was sound healing. And so they would start playing the sound healing and I would just start spinning, you know, internally, it felt like I was spinning one way, my body was spinning the other. And this was kind of this energy started to move. And I, at the first, I was, the first time it happened, was like literally my first sound healing there. And I was kind of like, uh, what is happening here? Couldn't really kind of figure it out. And then it stopped. And then every time it would start again, I just kind of allowed it. And I, you know, I recognize it now as a kind of an energy cleanse, you know, and then that kind of morphed, you know, um, I think probably a year later, I'm in Portland at a different sound healing and she's playing the gong and I'm, I'm spinning again, but it's really powerful. And I kind of feel like I break off, like parts of me kind of feel like they're just flinging off across the room. And then I kind of merged and I felt so happy. I was so blissed out. I felt like I'd merged with the universe. Mm. And then, so then she switches, it was like a three part session and she switches then to crystal bowls. And then my hands just come up and they start kind of like doing all these weird movements. 
And I just kind of knew it was light language. I knew it was recoding my DNA. It was working on particular parts of my body. So my hand would be kind of like over my right ovary and over my head doing this kind of movement. And because I think I'd had practice of the spinning, I was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to let this go. I'd also been to a couple of events where I'd kind of been exposed to light language first. So I kind of knew it, you know, I kind of had enough that I could kind of open my mind to what it is, even though I was kind of like, well, that's not me. Um, so I think that just kind of, again, it was that kind of allowance when it came through was just like, okay, I'm just going to accept that this is really weird mm. and a little bit freaky, but I'm just going to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. and, and you're saying light language. A lot of people are probably saying, huh? What, yeah. Light language? What's the so? If, if for anyone that's that's interested in, in this topic, um, how could you explain it to somebody that that's never heard of it? Yeah. So the way I describe light language is it's uh, it sounds a lot like gobbledygook, uh, but it's a language from the cosmos. So it comes through me as a channel, and it's delivered from the universe. And it is something that you may not understand, and your ego is definitely trying to figure it out. But your body, your cells, your soul understands the messages that are being delivered, and and can receive them. And so they can receive them without kind of the bias of language, you know, because we have a lot of a lot of bias around what a word means and who, and even when it sometimes it comes from one person versus somebody else and it kind of bypasses that and it delivers energy and light to the cells. So when I channel light language, normally people feel very good afterwards. It gets a kind of a good energy boost. It's always for everybody's highest and best good. So it's not going to come through and kind of create any kind of um, uh, trauma there. Sometimes that can be a purge depending on the modality that I use, but it's basically this kind of boost. And I do mine with Kundalini yoga to create extra space in the cells of the body so that when the light and the language comes through, there's space for it to expand. And that kind of allows it to kind of take hold and, and kind of stay with someone and create and shift, um, you know, their perspective, maybe their beliefs as a whole, whole number of things. Mm. And then you said a lot about the light language, kind of recoding the DNA. Um, that's an interesting topic. A lot of epigenetics talks about this sort of thing. And I'm wondering uh, what your thoughts are on that. You know, have you have you got into the epigenetics, maybe Bruce Lipton type um, and that kind of information? Or, you know, what's your thoughts on the light language and, and DNA? Well, I, I just know um, that it can it can alter DNA. Well, no, it does alter DNA yeah, positively, obviously. Um, and I haven't gone too much apart from like at retreats or events. Maybe I've kind of gone into the epigenetics park, but it's just um, you know I said before, there's like gathering proof and trust of what you're delivering. So when I started practicing the light language, I worked with people that have more of their clear sentience turned on you know they're clear they were able to see things or they were able to hear things and so I got proof from a lot of other people as well that what I thought was correct was correct you know that it is recoding DNA you can basically I work with um, codes come through me so quite often triangles uh, with different meanings will come through me and I'm able to kind of weave them into people's uh sometimes it's specific areas of the body if there's block there and I can use them to kind of free the block and then to kind of like upgrade that area of the body as well. Mm. Really interesting stuff. Um, mm. And it's really powerful stuff um, to be able to heal somebody in that aspect instead of using drugs and, and, and yeah. all the other aspects to, to heal. 
Yeah, I actually had, um, I've been working with a girl. I just, it was just someone I was connected through through my Kundalini course and we were just chatting and she'd had a, a car accident about three years ago and she'd had some serious back pain since then. And she'd recently had some spinal fusion and was still in pain. And I just was kind of like, I, I felt like maybe she wasn't ready, but I was kind of getting the, you know, you kind of need to offer her some light language. And so I just, I just created this, not specific to her, I created specific to the spine, uh, like a five to seven minute light language activation. And I said, listen to this every day, you know, and just see how you go just experiment with this. And um, she was at first kind of like, thanks and then she started listening and then within two two and a half weeks she was skiing in Colorado and it was just kind of like wow and so I did a second one for her like an upgrade and she's still going great guns you know and she wasn't just doing this she was doing a little bit of um she was obviously doing the physio exercise from the doctor Mm. but she she definitely accredits the light language to helping her shift because we often we have pain, but we also have stories around those pain. We have stories that we've stored in the cells that maybe are not related to the pain in any way, but they are why the pain won't shift, you know? And so it can help kind of just free up the junk that you don't need anymore. Mm. Yeah. Memories get trapped in the body, you know, sometimes specifically to a body part, let's say somebody, you know, grabbed you in some certain way on the back of your arm. If you get touched in that way, it could spark up that memory. And you're saying now uh, through this light language, you can kind of work through some of this stuff. Yeah. It's kind of a shortcut. The light language is a really helpful shortcut because quite often it can just be a few minutes, you know, a few minutes of channeled light language is going to cover off a lot of stuff that you would spend, you know, quite a long time in therapy on, or, you know, a lot of long trips around the world trying to clear things, you know, what, however it's going to show up for you, but it can actually just kind of really cut to the, cut to the, cut to the chase pretty quickly, Hmm. or at least start kind of like creating that shift that points you back in the direction you're supposed to be going. You know, so I work with a lot of people. I have one of my modalities is the limitless light language and it removes limiting blocks and beliefs. So people come to me with that one. Maybe they they kind of really want to go and do something. You know, they want to do something else and they don't know what's in their way and they really can't work out why they can't just go for it and they really want to. And then, so I work on with the the light language on that one and it's really nice, very beautiful, high energy set. People normally feel kind of high for a couple of days afterwards. Hmm. And then they're, they're, they've got the motivation they go they need to go and do next to go, you know, have people quit their job, open their business, you know, sign the contract, whatever it was that they needed to go do. And now I'm not the person that set up the you know, the rest of it, I'm just, I'm just able to use the energy to create the space and to energize the body to make the motivation kind of in place to go do the thing. Hmm. Hmm. And then we said uh, possibly doing some kind of light language activation at the end of the podcast for anyone that's interested. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, it's always good, I think, to uh, expose people to it. Now, honestly, six months ago, I wouldn't have suggested this, but I feel like everyone's a little better place right now to kind of be like, okay, well, this is going to probably be a bit weird, but I'm still going to go for it. And I'm really curious. Now the curiosity level has increased so much lately that it's just kind of nice to be able to kind of, um, to offer some, some sense, even if you're, even if you feel nothing and take nothing from it, your cell, your soul is receiving that. So it's really cool. Mm, That's beautiful. So everyone listening, uh, don't fast forward to the end. You're going to have to listen through (laughs) because we have amazing stuff to talk about. Um, hmm, Where to go next? I'm thinking Kundalini Yoga. So real quickly, a little backstory. Somebody sent me a Kundalini Yoga book. 
after you and I talked about the Kundalini Yoga, it came, I think, the day after. Um, and on my own journey, so my journey is very interesting, and I've never told the tale, and I'm not going to go into the entire tale here, here uh, obviously, but my journey has been a very personal journey where nothing really influenced me because I've been so dependent on others trying to show me, oh, you know, Christians or this or that. Everyone kind of showed me a way. I said, no, like, I'm not listening to anyone anymore besides myself. And then that that's where, you know, where you spoke of where everything's kind of within. I saw that and, and learned a lot for myself. But the Kundalini Yoga kind of came to me, you know, and it came to me and, and I did some research on it and found a few videos and, and read a little bit about it. And I was trying to do some of these processes, but I had no idea what I was doing. I probably was just doing everything wrong. I, I, and I really couldn't understand it. It's really difficult to understand. There was something with the tongue rolling back into the back. And I was trying to roll my tongue in the back of my mouth. And I'm looking at myself like maybe I, I don't even know what I'm doing now. So let's see. Uh, let's see if you can help me and then help a lot of others that are interested in this kind of yoga um, that, that has to do with the chakras, you know, that has to do with balance and energy. Uh, maybe get into a little bit about what it is, how you came to it, and then we'll further explore it. Um, so Kundalini yoga, they call it a yoga science. It's around 5,000 to 30,000 years old. Mm. Uh, out of India and Northern India. Um, and um, it is more than just, you know, kind of like doing a warrior pose or whatever. There's four parts to it. So mantra, meditation, yoga, and I'm going to forget the fourth one. There's four. Let's just go with I've forgotten the fourth one, but there's, there's four parts to it. And so you're going to be, it's very interesting because when I first um, came across it, Again, it was one of those kind of like alignment pieces um, because I was staying, I was writing about a hotel in New York and they had a wellness program and they had like, you know, specific uh, videos on the TV, you know, to do for their wellness program. And I thought well, I should probably do one of these if I'm writing about this. And I just did this eight minute Kundalini set from a teacher called Guru Jagat, which is one of my main um, teachers. And this eight minute video, I did these weird ass things, you know, I, I think I did Fist of Anger, which you're doing this for three minutes. And then there was a couple of other things. And within eight minutes, I felt so good. Mm. And it's kind of like, oh, okay. So the next day I'm staying there two nights. So the next day I thought I can do it again. I felt really good again in just eight minutes. And so I audio recorded it and I would just every now and again, kind of drop into it. And, um, and I kind of like would think about it, but not too much. Um, I knew that she had a studio in Venice Beach, a studio in New York and one in Miyoko. And I was kind of like, go to Venice Beach, was going, was going to Venice Beach quite often. So I thought, mm, maybe. But it was a little bit off-putting because everyone's always wearing white and they're wearing kind of, they're wrapping their heads in a, sort of a white turban. And I found mm. that a little off-putting. Um, so I kind of forgot about it for a little bit. And then I was doing it at a meditation studio in Venice Beach. I kind of got introduced to it through a different teacher and it was a little bit more kind of toned down, you know? So I was able to kind of like, I was kind of like do the class and feel really good from chanting. And I'm like, this is weird, you know? Like, and I always kind of like, it's always kind of what the hell just happened. Maybe that was your first Kundalini class. If you don't come out of it thinking what the hell just happened, I think you haven't had a good class. <laughs> you know, it is weird. Um, but what you're doing is you're doing kind of like, you know, maybe your hands are supposed to be like this, like this, but that's doing something here and here. Every finger reconnects to a part of your brain. It's a lot of neural reprogramming. Um, and then you're doing things like chanting and kind of using the mouth to create certain space within the 
uh, again, touching the roof of the mouth. So that's sending kind of uh, reprogramming the neural pathways again. And then you're also clearing your breath, clearing the chakras frequently, and then also working on your, you know, your auric body. You're working on, you know, your, your oh, not just your chakras, but kind of outwards from there as well. And then you're able to influence others with it as well. Mm. So it was kind of like uh, I got from there and then I kind of, uh, I think it was maybe October 2018, I went, I finally plucked up the courage to go to the studio in Venice Beach and I bought a, like a month pass and I went in there and I did this class with this teacher cortege and I was blown away. Like the energy in the room, how everybody felt. And again, same thing, weird, uh, you know, like hand up here for 11 minutes. Or, you know, it was just kind of st- some really weird stuff, but you just couldn't deny that you could feel really good. In a three-minute breathwork exercise, you could feel really good and have turned your mindset around for the day. Or a whole class you would you know, be on fire. I remember coming up that first week and I was just like, what I wanted to eat completely changed. Wow. You know, like I was like, oh, I don't want carbs. And I was like, who am I? I was like, don't watch sugar, who am I? You know, and it was really strange. And so then I started kind of bringing in a daily practice, kind of picked up and I actually just hit, I just made an Instagram post now. Um, I just hit 400 days in a row of doing this one 11 minute chanting arm movement. I got really good arm muscles from it, but I was like, I was so surprised myself to be able to stick to that. But Kundalini has really taught me discipline mm. and look, discipline isn't, you know, I always thought discipline was, you know, you show up for somebody else, like getting to work on time or whatever. And I just kind of, when I went freelance, I'd lost the ability to have discipline for myself or I'd never had it again. And um, through doing Kundalini and being really kind of committed to feeling good every day, I then kind of morphed into this, oh, look at that. I One, I do understand my body better now. I do have commitment to myself. I am willing to show up for myself. And I do think the Kundalini is a big part of why I have self-love now because I really didn't before. Wow. That's a beautiful story. And uh, um, so, so I'm, I'm thinking about what we said what I said to, to kind of leave this off with my tongue. So I, maybe I was doing it right then because you said it is a weird thing. And if you think you're, you're doing something goofy, you're probably, you know, in a Kundalini session. <laughs> so have you ever heard of that exact example? Well, I mean, the cool, cause there's, there are sometimes you kind of like your tongue's supposed to be up here or, or here. So there, was, there was some, just some really weird things happening. Yeah. It was like a real, really weird one where the tongue goes so far on the back of the throat kind of, it kind of like disappears in the back of the throat. And it's like this blissful place that, that if you have your body in a good balance and a good place you could be. So I kept trying to get there. And then I kind of gave up on it because I didn't want my tongue to get stuck in my, in my throat. It sounds like maybe more of an advanced one as well. And it's yeah, like, I, I wasn't ready for it. I've got my kind of like six short videos I send people and I'm like, like, just pick one of these and only do, you only have to do three minutes a day and just see if you feel better, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of send out these six kind of go jacket videos just to be like, just try this first before you get to the point where you're like trying to, you know, we, I did a class this week and it was an advanced one, you know? And it was just like, you could see why if you were in your beginning stages, you would just kind of be like, never again. Mm-hmm. You know, you want it to be kind of in the beginning to, you know, to really kind of, inspire that feeling that within I've just shifted my energy in a positive manner and you know I and I'm going to gonna keep I'm gonna give it another go and I yeah as I do say if if you're not thinking it's weird you're probably just doing like a really dumb you know a really kind of watered down version it can be bizarre Mm. but 
if you feel, you know, for me, it was like, well, I feel good after this. So I'm just going to keep going. And now I just embrace all the weird, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah. oh, I'm up for 11 minutes. No problem. But also, you know, like you get, I've got a better body right now, you know, in terms of I've never had abs before, mm-hmm. you know, and um, upper arm strength. And then yesterday I woke up in a bit of a funk and had nightmares and I was just, the energy was a bit weird and it was, you know, rain and, and I was just kind of like, meh. And I was like, you go and do the class, go and do a Kundalini class. You know, that will help, you know, that will help shift things. And so even though I was really like, meh, I still was like, no, I'm going to go do this. And then you felt better. And then I felt better. It didn't yeah. feel like perfect. It didn't shift everything out of the way that suddenly everything was rainbows. <laughs> But it shifted it enough that I could then kind of like have some energy and some focus for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's a, that's amazing. And, and you came to a lot of this stuff, like you said, on your own and, and the practice I'm sure has really opened you up energetically and opened you up sort of to the universe or, you know, however you want to call it. We call it the, you call it the universe. Okay. So you open your up, yourself up to the universe. And then in that, now you can gain more information uh, through the light language. So it's like a one-two punch in a sense. Exactly. Yeah. So I started the, you know, I think the, let's say November, I already started the daily practice with Kundalini. And then, which is kind of tough for you know, when you're traveling a lot, but I was still kind of like, no, I'm doing this. Uh, and then uh, by the time COVID, I, I was kind of actually manifesting beautifully. Everything was just falling. It was like boom, boom, boom. Everything was kind of falling into place. And then COVID was like, nope. And just literally everything I'd been planning and working on was just gone. You know, it was like, all because I, I pet sit as I travel around the world, which I absolutely love. And that was all gone. Never cancel, 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 because no one was traveling. And then I found myself in winter. I just managed three years without winter. And then I found myself in winter in New Zealand. And I was like, Mm -hmm. such resistance. But I still every day did the practice. And then I recognized that I was grieving. I was grieving for this life that I built up. And I accepted it. And it was the first time I think I really accepted very, very honestly and openly accepted such a negative, you know, such a negative feeling sitting within myself. Mm -hmm. Just being like, I feel this. And this is okay. And then that the kundalini and then i kind of got the impetus to kind of go okay i'm just going to start experimenting with this light language now like we've wasted enough time let's just see what happens and i was very fortunate to have my coaching peer group to practice on so people with enough kind of spiritual awareness themselves to be like i really feel everything that i was doing Mm. and start gathering that proof it's really powerful, um, first of all, to, to be able to work with people like uh, before you start coaching, you know, to be in a program where that puts you in front of people. Um, I always recommend that to coaches because they're always asking, you know, how do I get started? How do I even do, how do I set up the, the coaching conversation? Is there a, like, is there a um, exact um, schedule or, or program that you put people through or is it, you know, how do you do it? And it's and it's and it really helps to be able to put yourself in front of people. And if you can't spend the money for a program, again, that'll help you with a lot of information also and, and knowledge um, and, and some tools to use uh, as well, um, then just, you know, just try to create that space with some of your friends or some people or maybe offer free sessions. And it really helps you um, gain a little bit of clarity with working with people because a lot of us, a lot of people, they, they come to these moments where they're, they're at a good place with their self and they want to show people the way and then they go out and then it's really confusing and chaotic and they have it in them to do it, you know, but they just need a little bit of, of, of guidance and a little bit 
of confidence, really, um, to be able to speak to someone about it. So um, that, that's beautiful that you were able to do that. And it's really just amazing to see some of the other stuff that you're starting to come to now through this. So you're opening up more. And uh, one thing we talked about was this Facebook group you started, Healers Collab. And it really got me excited because um, I'll let you talk about it. But I think it's a great idea to, to you know, when you're living in this space, you start seeing a little bit of the future where things are going and what's going on. You have a good sense and you have a good intuition. And, and you know, it's, it's led you to kind of create this little group that I see um, so powerful. And I haven't heard anyone talk about this kind of idea. So let's talk about this. This is Healers Collab um, uh, for, for people that are just waking up. And it's a Facebook group that you've started. Yeah. So this kind of came um, with the Solstice Energy December. Um, I felt quite a big energy shift. And within that, I kind of had quite a big awareness of around the collective need for collaboration, the unity consciousness, and the fact that we are going to be able to work together so much more in this, you know, now we're in this new phase of energy. And I had been working with, I had a, a friend that I'd made, I'd met this girl in, in Guatemala like 18 years ago. And we just had like a little chat and then we stayed in touch and I'd go visit her in LA or whatever. And she she has quite an amazing power like she's very psychic but she's also very afraid of it. and she's able as she was pregnant she was able to communicate with her babies in the womb through childbirth they were able to communicate with her she had a lot of gifts there but strong and so she was kind of really afraid of it and so I did a session with her recently and she was just I said you know like now it's time to kind of like practice some stuff now you need to kind of go out there and just kind of start working exactly how you want to deliver your gifts and she just didn't have anybody to do that with and so I was kind of hmm, okay I feel so grateful to have had my coaching peers to practice on I know that they made such a significant difference to the speed in which I was able to get my products to market and to to deliver those gifts and and know that you know there's there's my knowing but it really helps when you're getting proof from other people so if you're mm -hmm. wanting to coach and you, you need to go out there and hear people say like, oh my God, that was amazing. You made such a difference to me. And so I created this group, I created the Healers Collab as a safe space for people to come together. And the co is for, co for collaboration, for co-creation, and the lab is for experimentation. So in this space, you can say like, I want, you know, if you've got people you know that want to practice being a coach, like, can I offer anyone a free coaching session this week? I've got three spots available. And then they can go and find some people within the group to practice on or like I wanted to try this new Kundalini class so I just put it in the group and the next day I had seven people doing my class and then I got all the proof and the feedback about how that because I do Kundalini classes with light language at the end uh, you know and I got the proof on that and yesterday someone's reached out to me and says oh can we collaborate I would really like to do some of my sound healing with your Kundalini and it's just that's perfect I'm so excited mm -hmm. because that's exactly what it's there for and it's very much designed to be this safe container, this safe space to kind of go into. I'll be ruthless if people are going to be bullies or trolls. They will not last there. This is entirely to support each other, to lift each other up, and to really kind of allow us to rise together and work together in more harmony. Mm. And create together from that space uh, that everyone's kind of coming into this this yeah. this real awakening. It's so beautiful that you've created that space for people, and and it, it, we spoke of it just right before we we talked about the the collab is is people you know being able to speak in front of other people when they're just starting out, and it really gives that space. So I'm truly grateful um, for for the community yeah. Uh, yeah, that you were able to come to there. That. 
I'd love to see you in there and, you know, sharing as well with your gifts, because I think, you know, I, I, I know I can feel quite a lot of your um, sound healing stuff. So it's pretty cool. So just yeah. see where you could train so, me. You could train me. I got my voice. Okay, we'll work on your limiting blocks. I mean, so. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was just, um, it's really, uh, even if I would even put it out there right now, even if someone kind of feels like maybe they are not, they, they maybe feel that there's something and they haven't got a clue what it is that they were wanting to deliver is to go into the group and just be um, a place for feedback for other people and, and just kind of use the, the gifts that are happening there to clear your own energy so that it gets a bit clearer for you. So I'm, it doesn't have to be that you are, it's called the Healers Collab. That's just kind of the name that came to me, but it's for anything. You, be, you want to be a tarot card reader. You want to be a coach. You want to do sound healing anything if you feel like there's just something more you don't have to know what that is it's just get into the group and start kind of just being open to seeing what other people are doing yeah and then speaking of groups uh, speaking of you specifically um as a coach you work with one-on-one individuals you work with individuals one-on-one and you also work uh, in groups you know helping them release blocks and uh, working with addictions voice activation you do some of this kundalini yoga creating that space um what, what was the experience like with the groups compared to an individual um is it a little bit more difficult or you know any notes I don't not necessarily more difficult because it's still it's still an awareness. It's just less specific, you know. So it's kind of like um, what I. It's very interesting because when the light language comes through in a group setting, quite often it's really amazing. Quite often when it comes through, it's kind of like, oh, you guys are all together again. Like there's this excitement that comes through that these because the people that are in the group for that particular session are just meant to be together, mm-hmm. and they've probably connected in some other lifetime somewhere else before. And so they come back together and then like the energy that comes through me is like, whoa, you guys, like you made it, you know, kind of, and it's really cool. Mm. And then I tend to work on like a collective. So maybe, uh, you know, if I can feel overall what the collective is working through, maybe there's a block for the throat chakra for everybody in that group at that point. You know, I just kind of trust that everybody's there for a reason. They showed up at that particular one. Mm. Um, like I did uh, the Kundalini light language I did the other day was a prosperity one. And, uh, and was kind of clearing some money blocks on some people there. And every, almost everybody, six out of seven, had some story within 24 hours of a clearance of their money was, you know, or even if it was just, you know, someone was underpaid and got told they would be getting a new check for the money they were missing. And someone else got, you know, a discount at the counter. And it was just kind of like, but it was able, I was able to feel where in the body that was sitting for most of them and kind of work with that in a group setting on an individual basis. Obviously it's very direct. It's this thing, you know, in this part of your body, this block is sitting there. And when the light language comes through for me, depending, I have a few languages that come through Uh, when it comes through my main one, I can generally understand what's being communicated. So I have like a little stick figure with some crystals that I put in place. I can remember what comes up and it'll be like where I felt the blocks in the body maybe what that relates to sometimes you know maybe a mask is being kind of worn that type of thing and then just kind of help I do tend to give people a little bit of homework afterwards which might be a three little three minute exercise or something just to kind of keep you pointing in the right direction so you're like yes universe I've accepted this energy and I would like to keep it and I would Hmm. like to keep momentum and and would you say different languages i'm going to just take a guess here because i'm very i'm i'm unfamiliar with the light language um i've never heard of it um but i know a lot about the unconscious not a lot about the unconscious mind because the unconscious is impossible to grasp but i have a good deal of knowledge 
of the unconscious and the unconscious speaks in images. And I'm wondering if this light language is symbolic in that sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I don't receive images because I, I don't get, I just have a knowing. I don't, I don't see visions of anything, but yes, absolutely symbolic. And that's why there's a lot of triangles. Um, and there's a lot of, there's, wow. there's, I, it's very hard for me to explain because I don't see things, but I know that when people tell me what they can see through my, my sessions is that there's often the symbolism there. Sometimes uh, it will come through as a color and light symbols. There's just, there's very much, that's why a lot of people, there's quite a lot of people doing some very good stuff out there with light language artwork and really taking those symbols and kind of putting it and embedding it in something that then sits in your home and gives out that energy. Um, and then, you know, there's other people that write, I have written light language a couple of times. Uh, it's this kind of weird upside down side thing that happens. But um, for me, it's mainly spoken and through the hands. Spoken through the hands, you said? Spoken and through the hands, yeah. Okay, spoken so and, and through the hands. Yeah. So it'll it'll look almost kind of like there's the symbols kind of come through my hands. Mm. So you're able to, to travel in time back to an older version of Zoe, uh, maybe one that was a little bit lost, maybe one that was a little bit more, uh, more tight and intense. What's something that you would tell yourself knowing all that you know now? Uh, well, for me, it comes up a lot. Four-year-old me had a tough, had a bit of a tough time, um, and so I'd I'd be back with four-year-old me. And honestly, I don't think I would say so much as more as what I would do, which would be a very nice, warm hug, you know, just kind of to reassure the safety that didn't feel like it was there at that point, mm. um, and to to um, yeah, kind of just show that, that support that I now feel that I get from my guys is to to, to kind of extend that support through down to four-year-old me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that there's not this need to hide for so long. That's a beautiful sight, beautiful sight, and, and a lot of beautiful notes. I'm sure people are so interested in everything that we've talked about between the Facebook, between the groups, and the one-on-one sessions, uh, Kundalini coaching. A lot of stuff going on here. Where can they find you? You know, any locations, uh, website, social media. Uh, so my main uh, way would be through Instagram, which would be Zoe Mac Energy. So Z O E M A C E N E R G Y. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well, but I don't really do very much in there. Um, and then the Healers Collab, which is the group. So just because there is a page version just for people that just want to get free events. Um, but the groups is where you're going to get support. And that's the Healers at facebook.com slash groups slash the Healers Collab. And then obviously you can email me as well, which is uh, Zoe McFarlane, nz at gmail.com if you wanted to inquire about um, coaching, light language sessions, whatever. Mm. A lot of beautiful stuff. I thank you so much. Before we say our goodbyes, let's let's try out this thing. I'm sure people, and if you've, if you've, if you've kind of scrolled through to this part, I'm upset with you. And, and I'm going to know that you did this <laughs> because it, you missed a great conversation on a lot of this stuff um, that, that we're kind of going to get into now uh, real quickly. I think you said it's about five minutes. So yeah, it'll just be a few minutes. It's just, it's just really whatever wants to come through. Beautiful. Okay. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and to take three deep breaths with your exhalation longer than your inhalation. So uh, close my eyes, take three deep breaths, and then um, I missed that last part. It kind of got cut out. Your exhalation is to be longer than your inhalation. Okay, okay. So I'll take three breaths. Yeah. Just use this time to get present, be present, 
And I also invite you to ask any support that you might need to amplify this light language activation. You can ask for that to come to you now. Get in the practice of asking. And just with a regular breath and comfortable position, just gonna first, before we start, ask you to touch between the eyebrows, to touch the third eye. If you are open to receive this light language activation and would like it to go deep for your highest and best good, to think to yourself, I allow, I allow, I allow. And then you can just relax your hands, just get in a comfortable position and be open to receive. I'm going to start the light language. いや、だからかけてもう取りにやらかけてくれもう一回やらないなこと聞いてから ちょっとかけ ふやなたかたかたかあやなたかいなもけないがたかもいなたたきだかなぼけにあんないたたかたきやなとこここやなたたかもてくれがもやなたかたかもいなたこれかなあたかいなもいたたかいなとろくにがとろくなまきなたた
and to expand how you receive and how you observe this information when it arrives with you, more, more awareness when it arrives. I'm going to take a deep inhale for me and hold the breath. And while you're holding the breath, I want you to think to yourself, I allow, I allow, I allow. To allow the light language to enter the cells, to expand there, to create energy, and to create energy particularly at the third eye for receptivity of messages and observation of yourself, your thoughts, and inspiration from the universe. And when you can no longer hold your breath, to exhale and relax your hands and you can open your eyes when you're ready. Hmm. 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 So I, I forgot I was on the podcast for a second. <laughs> Um, I could feel um, some blocks at the throat chakra and I was able to kind of expand that out so that there was more of a ripple effect when the when you're using your throat chakra in this purest form, kind of intention, motivation is all kind of towards your mission, then that will now have a greater ripple effect. And then also just for anyone listening today, there was just this work required at the third eye to kind of be able to receive more information and also some codes for the crown chakra as well, but mainly it was throat and third eye. Mm, mm. And you said you were picking up information. Uh, was that before you started doing the light language? Mm. No, okay. I just, just whatever came through during that. It's just kind of like my hands will kind of be, you know, kind of go work somewhere in the body that reflects you know, the mirror of yours. And so then, and the audience. So I kind of tune into not just you, but anyone that will be listening um, is designed to have heard that you know they're here to have heard that to receive the same messages we'll be having a similar um activation required around that part of their body for whatever reason it may not be that they're speaking in a role like you but there may be some spoken um truths that need to come out to uh, more further align and then certainly for everybody the benefit of having a, a wider third eye to it wasn't just the third eye it wasn't just the width of the third eye it was actually the ability to see what's coming in mm -hmm. so it wasn't that it's kind of a clearer channel it was also kind of like tuning in the ability to see what's coming to you to see more of those synchronicities or what you may be previously called coincidences and then kind of just to to store them up so i encourage anyone that does it you're welcome to do it more than once i always say three times is good if it's a recording um but to just kind of now be an observer to what's happening and see if there's anything different forward. Hey, Zoe, thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I'm sure we'll again work with uh, each other, possibly in the future with the collab or another podcast, or uh, maybe I'll do some sound healing while you do your thing and I'll do my thing. <laughs> we'll see how things go. But really, really, truly, I, I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you.